0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton, JP Plant on the controls. It is nine minutes past the hour of nine o'clock and we are here with you in Columbia, Tennessee. Home to WKOM 1017 FM. We appreciate you guys listening in. Mondays are always fun. This Monday, particularly, a lot of fun. Because we have a great show for you lined up. A fantastic show, as a matter of fact. Today, we are going to talk about, of course, four high school football games that took place on Friday night. Uh, We also have state champion to talk about in cross country. A little other news as well, of course. And then we'll talk with Chip Walters in the top of the second hour, as he was unable to call a football game this weekend because middle tennessee state's opponent was hit by covid so we'll get to talk to him but not real sure what we get to talk about we may just we may just wing it and of course casey patrick of the dixon post and tennessee Vols superfan will join us <laughs> in the second hour to talk tennessee football before we get started on the show we will welcome in mo how's it going
1: Going pretty well for Monday. Uh, like you said, we've, I think we've got a um, pretty eventful show here lined up. Lots to talk about. And I'm um, pretty excited about the lineup. Um, Casey Patrick, that's going to be fun, getting his um, thoughts on the state of the Vols. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Casey, you must not have been watching the Gator Bowl last year against Indiana because... Um, his rant in the second half that was caught on camera I don't know if it got down to the sidelines or not but the game seemed to turn right about then and it was um it was pretty fun but um and speaking of Indiana that seems like a really good bowl win now it s- <laughs> seems better now than it did then yeah <laughs> for sure um wow the big 10 yeah they're uh, brutal Glad if we you, glad yeah. we were able to have DeBias Wilborn on last week to kind of talk a little bit about the Big Ten because, um, you know, struggling big time. I mean, Michigan State what loses to Rutgers, beats Michigan and gets drilled by Iowa. It's, it's a it's a mess. It's, it's making Michigan look even worse. Sorry, Jason hoth uh, uh, Chicken man. Yeah. A lot there are Michigan fans around here.
0: Well, it's GM, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Struggling, Struggling. are the Wolverines, I like that. and and a lot of teams. It, so, if you have not listened and did not get a chance to listen to Tobias no Wilborn, uh, you can do so on our podcast Southern SM-TN Sports today. If you search that, and you can see on Spotify there are two uh, two podcasts: one for just special guests, and one for. Our entire show, you can listen to that. It was last Wednesday, Mm -hmm. so in that second hour, you can listen to that. A couple things to talk about here. First, we want to uh, let you guys know that we had a state champion over, I guess, the weekend. It's Friday morning. It's Friday afternoon. afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, Connor Henson from Columbia Academy uh, took home the top spot in the division two small mm-hmm. class? division two a division two a mm-hmm. um, cross-country meet
1: yeah and um, pretty decisively actually Connor ran a 16 minute 8.33 second 5k up at Sanders Ferry Park in, in Hendersonville uh, the number two runner Andy Hinton from Harding Academy in Memphis ran a 16-47-41. So that's a solid thirty nine 39-second uh, victory there. Um, and that's, and pretty a- ama- that's pretty amazing when you're the only guy in the frame coming across the finish line like that. Absolutely.
0: Hey, if there was a 39-second uh, finish in NASCAR,
1: <laughs> It'd be a blowout. Oh, absolutely. Blow. Yeah. Blowout. Well, and so. and that's basically what this was. And oh, yeah. So, um, you know, big big win for for Connor, who had um, posted top ten finishes in each of his two previous state cross country meets. He finished tenth his freshman year in the small class, Class One A. Um, then last year in Division Two A, finished six. So he said he kind of got boxed in, got kind of jostled around a little bit. It was a little bit more physical than he had anticipated and wasn't quite ready for it. No physical this time around because you couldn't get close enough to him to touch him. Yeah. So <laughs> There you go. So, big win for him. And um, the Columbia Academy girls, as a team, placed fifth at the state meet. Um Annabelle Cothran led the way with an 8th place individual finish. And um, so that was that was huge for the C.A. girls program as well. 8th um, grader Presley Miller placed 17th overall. Um, Jalen Hickerson was 27th. Lila Pulley, 47th. Senior Caitlin Oakley, and you'll be hearing that name again here before the end of the morning, was 57th. Caroline Graham and Sadie Gray rounded out the finishers for the Lady Bulldogs. So, congratulations to them. Going back to the guys, just a second. Zion Christian Senior William Craig ran a 17:45.29 29 Friday, and he finished 18. So, a top 20 finish for the senior well from Zion. So, yeah, nice day for the locals Friday. It was up at Stewart's Ferry. Sa- Sanders Sorry, Sanders. Sanders Ferry. Sanders Ferry. Sorry, lots no, of stewards. There's speed. lots of ferries. Yeah, well, big river. <laughs> there's that. Yeah.
0: Sanders Ferry Park in Hendersonville. All right. Uh, moving right along because we, we got a lot of football to talk about. Before we talk about those games, though, we do need to mention uh, a story that we posted yesterday on sm-tnsports.com. Uh, Summertown football coach uh, Leslie Moat has. Been relieved of his duties as head football coach at Summertown. Uh, really, this is a uh, something that was a little bit of a surprise to us.
1: You know, I, um, I didn't figure here with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus pandemic and everything else. I, I figured that coaching moves would be really minimal this year with everything that everybody's had to deal with. Um apparently that wasn't the case in Summertown, as um, you know, Lane Henson confirmed that they have relieved Leslie Moat, um, was really hesitant to, to say very much more for for the record. But um Moat led Summertown into varsity football. They had played two years of J V ball before he was hired in December of fourteen, and so the 2015 season was his first. He was there six years. They made two playoff appearances, one and one. They only spent two years in Class 1A before they moved up. So, um, you know, for a new program, they've had a lot on their plate. They made two playoff appearances in six years. They went six and five last year, lost in the first round. In 2016, they went um, eight and three. Went to the first round and lost in the first round. So, so two playoff appearances, six years. It's a six-year-old program, and seems that the decision was made to go in a different direction. They started. They
0: they they certainly underachieved this year. There's no question about that. But again, it's it's coronavirus. There's a lot going on.
1: There's a lot going on. But yeah, I think you're right. And they never. Your defensive coordinator came two weeks before the season. Well, actually. Jason Busby was not did not go to Summertown as the defensive coordinator. He was uh, D, uh, DC at Spring Hill, but he did not have those duties gotcha. at Summertown. But you had coaching changes right up until you know, nearly the first week of the season. Um never really achieved the offensive continuity that I think they expected to with that talented trio of juniors there um, at the skill positions and, you know, struggled to score at times. So, you know, tough year. Started the year 3-0. They were ranked as high as number seven in the state in the um, Associated Press Class 2A poll and ended the year on a six-game losing streak. So, you know, tough finish. So we will see who is the next guy. Where do they go from here? We'll check that out.
0: Any ideas, any thoughts?
1: N- no. I I mean I I don't. I- they played they if- have played in the same region with Lewis County for the past 4 years. Um Lewis County's right down the road, it's a little bit of a rivalry football-wise. They are kind of the gold standard around here and so um, you know, they could potentially look in that direction. It'll be hard to say. Um so I you know I do not I d I don't I don't necessarily know. But I think it's gonna be interesting to keep an eye on. I think it will be too. All right. Um, before
0: we get out of here, we got a couple of things we wanna do. We wanna give out some hardware. Can we do that? We can do that. Let's do that. There it is. The Covenant Technology Player of the Week this week is from our friends over in Spring Hill, the Summit Spartans, who got a huge win on Friday night. Big part of that was senior, uh, junior wide receiver Brady Pierce. Brady Pierce um, hauled in a couple of passes, and both of them went for scores. Efficient. <laughs> hey, we talk about efficiency all the time, especially at Summit, and uh, that, that's pretty efficient. You go two catches, 54 yards, both of them go for touchdowns. Uh, big
1: win for Summit. I, I, th- I think Summit completed eight, uh, five passes. I think they were five for eight for the Knights. That sounded about right? Yes. So... You know, when you catch two of the five and score on both of them, I mean, that's making the most of your opportunities there, obviously. So (laughs) um, congratulations to Brady Pierce. And the Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week. You said her name earlier. We said her name earlier. We said we were going to be talking about her again. Caitlin Oakley, the um, senior cross-country runner from Columbia Academy. Um, In addition to her... Talents on the trail, she carries a 4.36 weighted grade point average. That's not bad. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's something. Yeah, it's. it's. <laughs> she also finished uh, 57th, you said? Mm hmm. Yeah. That's. That's something as well. So, congratulations to Caitlin Oakley, our Petty O. West Scholar Athlete of the Week from Columbia Academy.
0: And finally. The end-to-win life team of the week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. I mean, who else could it go to? Other than (laughs) the Columbia Central Lions for a three-overtime win. Three-overtime
1: win. That's insane, right? I was getting um, IMs on Facebook from a friend of the program telling me that they had scored with 434 left in regulation to tie it and we're going to overtime and nobody scored and we scored and they scored and we scored and we won and it's like it was crazy it was it, wild. it had to be really crazy to be there rather than being on the sideline in smithville but um huge I, I win was, for I, them i was in the press
0: box when i was talking to jp and uh Lee's first call where he thought they recovered a fumble on third down. I was I was really you know, jumping. I was like, All right, way to go, yeah, Columbia Central. And then nope. he was like, Oh no, they they recovered. I was like, Oh crap. Oh, it was fourth and goal from the twenty seven from that point. So
1: I mean it was almost inevitable. Prolonging the inevitable yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah, fourth and twenty seven and you gotta score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, anyway. All right. There it is. There's
0: the hardware, the Covenant Technology Player of the Week, in to win live team of the week, presented by Custom Stone Handlers and the Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week. When we come back, we will talk about that team of the week. Columbia Central. They get that big win. 21-14 in three overtimes. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
1: Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at ByDesignCabinetry.com or call (laughs) 615-241-1195.
0: Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Nearing the bottom of the hour here in the 9 o'clock spot, but we got a lot to talk about today. And on our sister station, WKRM, this past Friday, if you were listening in, you heard Lee Maddox on the call with Clayton Harris talking about... The big win for the Columbia Central Lions as they go to 103-year-old stadium in Gallatin (laughs) and get a big win for Region 5-5A. The three-seed Columbia Central Lions with a win over the two-seed Gallatin Green Wave. And we talked about this, Mo about how we weren't sure exactly how good Gallatin was. And that's why we both picked Columbia central. And finally the mm-hmm. curse has been broken. Congratulations to you. I know you got to feel good
1: about that. I'm
0: uh, no, I, I bet, you know, there are some other folks who are feeling good about the fact that I, uh, I was able to pick Columbia and they won, <laughs> uh,
1: particularly, you know, Columbia. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, I guess the seed made all the difference. I don't know because last year Central went on the road as the number four seed and lost at Beach six three. I'm sure Beach had nothing to do with that. But uh, <laughs> seriously, this well, they a- had very little
0: to do. <laughs>
1: as it turned out, yeah. <laughs> but um, this game was a tribute to Columbia Central's resiliency as much as anything else. I mean, it's seven nothing and. They don't score until for inside it. the five minute mark of regulation to to get on the board and tie the game and, and eventually force overtime at seven seven. And they just kept hanging around and hanging around and, and again, you know, if you hang around long enough, you you feel like something good is gonna happen for you and that's what happened for these guys. So Gave up 270 rushing yards in the
0: game, but clearly, bend but don't break. It's
1: definitely and and again, as you mentioned, we we had our questions about how good Gallatin was. Even though they gave up 270 rushing yards, they they didn't throw it very well. Six of eleven for for 51 yards. They threw for the one touchdown. Or, I'm sorry, they scored the one touchdown early. Um, with 2.15 remaining in the first quarter on a run. But um, like you said, Bimba don't break defensively, and then they, they had some things that went their way in the three overtimes that, that allowed them to, to eventually sneak out with the victory. And we, like you said, we just felt like Columbia Central had played a tougher schedule a little bit better competition, maybe, that kind of thing. And they were just able to hang around and keep themselves in position to win it. That Stratford
0: win and Nolansville win, both looking a lot better after Friday night. Stratford taking Stewart County to the wire. And Stewart County's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, And then, of course, Nolansville, they get the win. This Columbia Central team has been up and down all year. You know, you, you watch them, and, and you watch them sometimes and go, man, this team just – they struggle to do anything on offense. And then, at, turn around, and, you know, they're, they're putting up 30
1: points. So and, and you look at the personnel, and you just feel like they should be better offensively than they are. And you, you've you got a guy like Stephen Kennard who – he may be one of the more – physical receivers I've seen. I mean, we've used the term runs angry, but we're usually talking about running backs when we say that. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who, when he catches it and turns upfield, he's looking to destroy somebody and and typically does with that first guy. And, um, and he's a game breaker. Uh, we've seen the continued emergence of, of Justin Buckman. um. Been pretty impactful at times, and and they found um they found their tight ends. Yes, they Friday. did. Both of them. Yeah, exactly. Jace Hoth and Blaine Davis with a catch each. Jace with the with the um, nine yard touchdown pass to force overtime, and Blaine Davis with a ten yard pass to force the third overtime after both teams went scoreless in that first one. So.
0: Yeah, it was a it was an exciting and uh, really dramatic finish, obviously, in in Gallatin. So, you know, not a great performance by the offense from Columbia Central. Uh, you know, two hundred and sixty-one yards total offense, um, but it's all about when the offense happens. I will right? say this
1: though, you know, the numbers aren't. Overwhelming, but when you look at the job Brady McCandless did—twenty-seven attempts, yep, one interception—so he took care of the ball. Sixteen completions for 190 yards, um, threw for two touchdowns, ran for what was ultimately the game winner. After the defense stood up one final time, they, um
2: they, yeah, they, um, they Gallatin
1: they, had a errant snap on first down from the ten, and then. Um, the central defense stopped them on back to back runs and a and a desperation pass attempt on the final play of the game to to seal the victory. So yeah. Bambit don't break for 48 plus minutes for that defense. And offensively they did just enough to move on. And so their reward is a summit team that, that they lost two thirty-five to nothing back in week four.
0: That's right. They get Summit, who was a forty. 40- not, uh, Forty-two to six winner over Hillwood uh, at home on Friday night, and the 3rd wreck Spartans showed very little rust. We were we were worried, but uh, the rust was was nowhere to be found in that one.
1: Got off to a great start and and just kept rolling. You know, um, I think we mentioned in the last segment that um, Destin Wade threw what eight passes, completed five. Three of which went for touchdowns. So, again, <laughs> efficient.
0: Gotta like that. One of them to Graham Schneider, by the way. And I, that's a name that I've not heard <laughs> yet not, for I'm this not, for this Spartans I'm team. Now, I'm not granted, you
1: with that name. Granted,
0: we've only seen them you know, six times on the field. Uh, this one being the seventh. But yeah, I, I don't even know who Graham Schneider is. But he caught a touchdown pass for the Spartans on <laughs> on Friday. Oh, so that just goes to show. How you know how well this team does spreading the ball around, finding new ways to get into the end zone.
1: Kind of reminds me of that wrestling promo. Oh, you don't know? Yeah, Better call somebody. <laughs> yeah, Da-na-na-na-na. yeah. They they got off to a great start, scoring what less than two minutes into the game, and and just never stopped. Forty-two nothing before halftime. So, like you said any any thoughts of rust pretty well went by the wayside pretty quickly there so
0: it's easy to do that though when you're able to run for 316 yards and if you can establish the run early it's pretty easy to get it, get away from, or, or not have to worry about too much yeah
1: and you know that was kind of my thought process Heading into this ball game, would they try to establish the run? Would they be diverse? Um, just, just how exactly would they try to attack this game? Coming off of the long layoff and and the lack of a rhythm throughout the season that that they have um, struggled with all year. This was their first game since what October 9th Yes and to to come out and put up 42 points in two quarters is fairly impressive.
0: What I did notice though as just looking at the the box score where you can that you can find on sm tnsportscom I did think this was, you know, non-penalties is uh, something that you can definitely work on, but it's also something that you kind of expect You know, as far as, you know, because they only had 65 penalty yards, so that means there was probably a lot of Mm five-yarders, illegal procedure. maybe, Maybe, yeah, jumping offsides, not lining up, you know, not enough men on the line, stuff
1: like that. False starts.
0: Yeah, I I feel like, you know, you're going to see some things like that. You know, this is basically like starting over. Mm -hmm. So that's some stuff they're going to have to work on for sure. But uh, if you can hold a team to one-yard rushing – for a game, you're going to win most times.
1: Now, you you would you would figure that there might be some sack yardage in there and that kind of thing as well, but, yeah, you're well, right. only
0: uh, – Cam Davis was sacked twice for eight yards. Okay. They had Stephen McLaren, eight rushes, five yards. Jaden Sparks, four rushes for four yards. Avion Brown, one rush for no yards. Okay. So, yeah, um, sack yards maybe, but – even still, yeah. fewer than ten yards rushing in the game. <laughs> you're right.
1: You're right. So yeah, they um, and they really limited um. Hillwood's possession. I mean, 15 carries, 28 passes. So right. what's that? That's what 43 offensive plays.
0: It's it's easy to do that when you can when you're running the ball the entire time. Yeah, getting first downs. You know, Summit only ran what 47? 47 plays. Yeah. But again, running clock in the fourth quarter, running clock for the most of the first quarter because you're holding the football. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you're going to see. And, so,
1: and I think I think that is what you're going to see uh, again. That's what you're going to see Friday? We we talked last year about Brian Coleman's offensive evolution, and they threw the ball around a lot more. And I think that now teams are going to have to be concerned with that just knowing that they've got that ability in their back pocket with a Brady Pierce and with some of the other receivers that they have but it looks as if they may be more inclined to get back into that run game mode that we had seen previously from Brian Coleman coach summit teams and can't argue with the results.
0: No, no, that, that's what we came to expect for years. And, you know, they were running the wing tee. And uh, getting back into, you know, run, run, run is, mm-hmm. uh, Rudolph um, is right in <laughs> right in the wheelhouse for Brian Coleman. So he, he's going to do that as much as he possibly can. Because, one, just like Coach Paul Bear Bryant used to say, when you throw the ball, only three things can happen, and two of them are bad. So, <laughs> yep, it's a lot easier to just run the football. And uh, that's what we expect. And that's what you'll see Friday night, I'm sure. Um, you can hear that game on WKRM 1037 or WKOM
1: 1017. That'll be interesting. Depending on whose it, broadcast you it, would like to hear. It, it, it's kind of like ESPN when they have the different yeah. team broadcasts. So, so. Is that the plan, JP? Or y- y'all are going to carry both the Summit and the Central Broadcast? On Absolutely. Night?
3: Absolutely. Summit on 1017 and uh, Columbia on 1037. Absolutely. It's
1: going to be a pretty crowded press box. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I, it's at Summit, so somebody's going to be outside. <laughs> I can assure you, somebody's going to be outside. This, this
3: will be interesting. Who pulls rank on whom? Uh oh. Is it is it the home team or is it the boss? Uh- <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Didn't Think oh. about
1: that. Yeah. No, the, I, let no. the bidding begin. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah, that that's that's hey, an my, interesting
0: twi- plot twist. Mm-hmm. My granddad used to say, "It never gets any bigger than the man that signs your paycheck."
1: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, this game though, this forty-two to six summit win brings me to a point if i told you there were 72 division one playoff games played this weekend how many would you say were decided by 28 points or more out of 72 out of 72
3: 10 i say 20 what if i told you half 37 half Wow. wow doesn't Doesn't shock me. Yeah, first round playoffs. I mean,
0: four, one four matchups that does happen and, quite a bit,
3: and would have been more if you know there was there were a ton of buys. Yeah, I guarantee you there would have been a lot more. Yeah. Um, I had um,
1: as I was updating my bracket because that's what I were do, there seventy two games or is that no there were seventy two games okay, actually, actually played. played. Okay, yeah, seventy two games were actually played. There were twelve games played in one A. Eleven and two A, twelve and three A, thirteen and four A, fourteen and five A, and ten in six A. Ten games. Yeah. Ten out of out of sixteen. So out of those seventy two games, again, um I was filling out the winners and the scores and I was noticing a lot of lopsided victories. So I started looking at how many were decided by thirty points or more, and then I noted that there was one game that was decided by 29 points, so it didn't make the original cut. And then I saw another one by 29 and one by 28. So 34 games of 30 points or more Goodness. margin. And then the two by 29 and the one by 28. So 37 of 72 games were decided by four touchdowns or more That's in the it. opening round of the playoffs. That's a
3: Hall of Famer move making the numbers work for you.
1: <laughs> that's right yeah you, you gotta you can you can make the numbers yeah work. stats you can make stats say anything you want them to but all right the point is that's a lot and and that kind of goes back to what you've said you know maybe you give that one seed a buy and two three and maybe maybe three teams from a region is enough but also
0: sometimes we're talking about you know this year specifically some teams that made the playoffs that probably shouldn't have made the playoffs because of covid wins and losses so
1: yeah. Yeah. It's interesting number, and I think it'll be interesting to um, track going forward. Do these games get closer, some of them? Well, we will
0: talk about one game that was more than 28 points as Independence boat raced <coughs> Laverne.
3: Yeah, that's did, right. Did we ever get a defining line on where what, what running what constitutes clock. a boat race?
0: Running clock in the fourth quarter
3: at any point in the game, in the, or has running clock
0: it
1: in both? the well? I mean, you can only run the clock in the fourth yeah. quarter. So, and once it starts running, I don't think it stops, regardless. Even I don't if you think go so either. Back under thirty-five, I think it still runs. So anyway, yeah. there
0: you go. All right. Independence and Spring Hill on the other side of this break. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615 846 9898 or visit CovenantTechnology.net.
1: If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Born & Joint. 13 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour here on WKOM 1017 FM. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Mo Patton and J.P. Plant on the controls. A couple more high school football games to get to before we get to that 10 o'clock hour. And, um... As we told you before that last break, we talked about Independence as they got a 49-14 win over at Laverne. Uh, game was never really in doubt, although the third quarter certainly was one of those, as a coach, you love because it gives you a little something to light a fire with. And Independence leading at halftime 35-7. to felt like this game was well in hand. Laverne takes the kickoff, the second half kickoff. Goes down and scores, comes back kicks an onside kick, recovers the onside kick, then gets stopped on on downs. Two plays later, Independence fumbles, gives it back to Laverne. Momentum is all on the side of the Wolverines until Andrew Holloway gets a big sack on fourth down, gives independence the football. They drive down and score, and that was pretty much all she wrote.
1: Order is restored, huh?
0: It was, finally. But, again, you get a big win. It's a game that, you know, you didn't really have to to stress over too much. But, again, a couple of things that you can work on, uh, you know, obviously – Scott Blade loves to find the negative anytime he can just to give that fire some some fuel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he certainly will have some this week in practice. Not that they'll need any as they take on
1: Brentwood Friday night. Yeah, and a, um, a Brentwood team that you're not really sure what you're going to get from the standpoint that they were without – what, 30-something players? 33, at least
0: 33 players. We'll probably be without those same players this week because, I mean, if they were quarantined if, one week, they got to be quarantined for two. You would think. And um.
1: And Granzo went out hurt in the first quarter. Went out with a knee injury. Um, Not sure what we're going to find out on that. May or may not see him. But his backup, Davis White, completed 17 of 19 passes, so it might kind of be a pick-your-poison kind of thing, mm. too. Um, the devil you know? Versus the one you don't know, yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. What intrigued me about fr- this past Friday night, though, was looking at these stats and seeing that Jackson Campbell only had one carry for five yards.
0: It was one of those games where you didn't have to have him do that. Uh, and the, the one carry was a third down and four. And he just went to get the first down and slid.
1: I mean... So was there, had there been a message passed along from the coaching staff to Jackson prior to the game, you know, don't expose yourself unnecessarily. My guess is probably so. Uh, it was a game where one he didn't have to. There there wasn't much pressure but, anyway. But uh, okay, so I mean, even this is a kid that even when he doesn't have to, he you know he gets out of the pocket, he scrambles around, and sometimes his best. Scramble around with his eyes upfield is to just turn it up. So, so that
0: I will say this: there were a, in the first half,
1: he was throwing to
0: spots, and every receiver, and especially Lockwood and uh, um, Wilson, Condra. Oh, the especially Lockwood and Condra mm-hmm. were getting inside position. On their defenders, and he was just throwing little seam routes right to the middle of the field. Matter of fact, the first that that forty yard touchdown pass that in the first quarter was just straight up the field, and it was boom. Um, you know, straight up the field, touchdown, not even close. Yeah. Um, and and that's what you saw a lot. Of. Now in the second half, he 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 got a little confident mm-hmm. and was trying to throw into some tight windows. Now, he only, he only had three incomplete passes, and all three of them were—well, one of them was a drop by Wilson. Another was into the breadbasket, but into some tight coverage uh, to Lockwood. So, you know, just uh, a really good job by Jackson Campbell to sit in the pocket, understand his role, make the throws necessary, and not expose himself,
1: like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Again, interesting matchup Friday night when Independence goes back to Brentwood, not far removed from that twenty six twenty one win up there on a Saturday evening. Which you were at. Which I was at. And yeah. you will be at. And I will be at, yeah. The remix.
0: I'll tell you, the, the one thing about Friday night that was the most impressive to me was not the op- – we know Independence's offense is very good. Ray Banner – is a Class 6A Mr. Football semi-finalist. Mm-hmm. 16 carries, 29 yards. That's... We've talked about it all year long. This Independence defense is what really puts this Independence team into a different level than years past.
1: And and what they're able to do against a a Brentwood team that has not just seen them on film but has now seen them on the field and what adjustments Brentwood makes in that kind of, and again, whether or not Granzow is available. That's important, kind of. Big time. Um, Speaking of Indy for just a second, it was announced over the weekend by the Tennessee Athletic Coaches Association, which typically puts on the East-West All-Star Football Classic um, because of COVID concerns. They are not having an All-Star game, but they are having an East-West All-Star combine on December 8th. Um, Three of these Independence players, receivers Brigham Moore, Cal, Moore call, and um, Calvin Wilson have both been invited along with Independence defensive back Jackson Campbell. In the press box
0: Friday night, the the PA announcer from Laverne goes, where is he going to play? And I said, anywhere he wants. Because he's so versatile, he can he can choose anywhere he wants to play and he can be
1: successful at the next level. I think his recruitment is going to be fun to watch. It will be. Because, and it's late. Because of his versatility. I mean, do you see him as a safety? Do you see him as a corner? Do you see him as a receiver? Do you see him as a quarterback? And – I think he could play any of those and be successful Mm -hmm. at the next level. Um, In addition to those three, Carter Sidlowski from Columbia Central will be taking part in that combine as well. So congratulations to those four seniors from Independence and Columbia Central. Really looking forward to them. it'll, It'll be an experience, I'm sure. Let's
0: uh let let's move on real quick for you mm-hmm. to the top of the hour. You were in Smithville on Friday night. The only team in the coverage area which did not get a win, unfortunately, was Spring Hill, though they got off to a great start, uh, just couldn't keep it going.
1: Uh I, I don't think you could have asked for a better start. I mean, other than you know, they even turned their first offensive possession a three and out into points, basically, because Brett Hughes, who um Said, be sure and mention me. Don't worry, dude. Um, love that. I love that kid. Yeah. Seriously, like, he's he's a great kid. Well, he he was a great punter Friday night because he um, he dropped a forty-eight yarder on the DeKalb County one one yard line. Defense got whistled for an offside on first and five from the six. Avery Worstell,
0: you heard of him? <laughs> Number, 55 number cut, fifty five with fifty short hair.
1: Yeah, number fifty five in your program, number one in your heart, if you're a Spring Hill Raider fan, gets through, gets a safety, tackles the Cab County's Mr. Football semifinalist Axel Andino in the end zone. Um two nothing Spring Hill. Later in the quarter, they convert a fourth and ten with a thirty yard Luca Boylan Luca Boylan pass to Luca. Uh, Luca Boylan pass to to Jalen Rucker. And a um, a nine nothing lead, and and that was as good as it got. They, you know, Brett off- Hughes with the kick, Brett Hughes with the extra point, absolutely. <laughs> um, but um, from there, their offensive inconsistency just continued to crop up. They they could not string positive plays together, and DeKalb County had like five plays of thirty plus yards, four of them pass plays. And those chunk plays, as I was telling JP on Friday night, live after the game, um, kind of allowed DeKalb County to flip the field on a few occasions. And that's kind of what they do. Talking to Steve Trapp after the game, he said, we try to figure out where, where our advantage is, whether it's you know the quick, short, control passing game or whether, it's going at, whether, whether as he said, whether it's a team that leaves a lot of grass behind them. And Interesting. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, eight of 17, that's not a bad night for the defensive
1: yeah, secondary. Yeah. Uh, it just happened that the eight were really big, big plays. Yeah. For 202 yards, I think it was. Ten. So, 210. 210. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an overwhelming night for Andino, but certainly enough to get the job done in a 38 15 victory. Um, Desmond Noakes, five for 100. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Landon Seacrest with a 65-yard touchdown run on the final play of the game. His
0: final play as a Raider.
1: Yep. and um, That was awesome. That's cool. And he said it was in tribute to former Raider assistant Will Fisher, who died his sophomore year. Do it for Fish. Yep. So tough finish for them. All right, there it is. We've talked about
0: all four local high school football games. We have two this week. We had three teams win, but two of them will be playing each other. So we will see that on Friday night. We will talk a lot more about that as the week continues. On the other side of the hour, again, we have Chip Walters, voice of the MTSU Blue Raiders, and Casey Patrick of the Dixon Post, Main Street Media, and Tennessee Vols superfan talk about that and of course we've got the titans because they won we'll get to about that all of that and more on the other side of the top of the 10 o'clock hour on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mopat, and J.P. Plant. Four minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on WKOM 1017 FM. So proud to be here on a Monday. If you guys would like to get in on the show, shoot us a text. Give us a call. 931-381-1017. That's 931 381 one oh one seven. Uh, you know, it's it's always fun on Monday when you get a chance to hang out with our friend MTSU, voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. Chip is brought to you each week by the law office of Blake Kelly serving in the listening area in accident and injury law. Call Blake at six one five three zero five 4539 or visit his page on Facebook or Instagram this week. Chip got a, an unexpected week off. Could have stayed at the beach. <laughs> Could have stayed at the beach. <laughs> Too bad. You didn't know that last week. Huh? Chip.
2: Information is key. That's what, <laughs> so, that's what that tells you. So no, you're exactly right. But, uh, yep. Uh, communication. What, what is, what was it that, uh, If you control the mail, you control information. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember that? A good Seinfeld reference?
1: Information is key and timing is everything, huh?
2: Right. Yeah, it was – I got the call about 11 o'clock Friday morning, which uh, what that meant was that Thursday's testing for Charlotte had – come in that morning and and, and from what I, what I read it said uh, you know in the, in the release that, that Mark Owens put out on com was that uh, you know due to cases and contact tracing and that's one of the real I mean the, the contact tracing has been is, is what has gotten a lot of a lot of folks this year when they've had to cancel a game, not necessarily overrun with the number of cases but uh and 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 you also have you know we've already seen it in in with the Big 10 and Pac 12 uh with the way that they're they put their rules in place uh you know it's you know it it is it's it makes it for just an unusual year but you know outside of what we already knew prior to the season starting you know this was the first time that middle had uh you know had one canceled or postponed right at the at the brink of uh, of playing a game.
1: Do you expect this game to be made up?
2: You know, uh, I was looking, Conference USA had had announced, oh, like last Thursday, uh, make up dates for some games that had previously been canceled. And uh, Charlotte had one on there. They were using two dates, the fifth or two weekends, the weekend of the 5th and the weekend of the 12th, Charlotte uh, had a game, had a makeup game, I think with FIU on the 5th, but did not have a game on the 12th. So uh, in, in very light pencil, I have put it in <laughs> as a possibility uh, on, on the 12th. Uh, I refuse to use ink on that just yet. So, uh, but I think if, it, if it's made up, I mean, they're, they're trying to, but that, that would seem to me either that, you know it could be on that thursday the 10th or or saturday the 12th
0: you're not gonna sharpie in a, <laughs> a, a scheduling
2: in 2020 no, have been put no sharp sharpies have been put in the drawer Hashtag sharpie i'm using using colored pencils this year <laughs> yeah
1: oh, and, and everything is erasable huh
2: that's right exactly
0: it's been it's been wild. I mean, it, and we know this, but you know, what does that do for the team's preparation?
2: You know, uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, you you uh, in, again, again. It's something that well, we I mean, we the only other thing we had similar to this was that UTSA got put on the schedule uh, on a Friday night. Eight days out, so you know they had to to just pivot there, not not having one taken away from you. So, you know, I I think they just kind of you know put things on hold. You've gotten your base, you know. I think you look at it as that okay, when it if if and when we play that game, you know, down the stretch, you've gotten a lot of your basics in, and see what you know Charlotte does over the next four weeks, uh, that kind of thing, and then you just move on. I mean, you go, you go now to preparation. You play a top 20 team this week, uh, on the road, uh, at, at Marshall, they're ranked 15th in one poll, 16th in the other, they're unbeaten. And I mean, and, and nothing has been close. I mean, they have just blasted everybody, including, uh, Appalachian state, which, you know, uh, app state has not gotten blasted by anybody very much, but, but, uh, but Marshall handled them seventeen to seven back in September, and since then they've just been on a roll. They have uh, they've outscored their opponents seventy one to nineteen in the last two weeks. So they've been playing well.
1: And that always seems to be a tough place to play. Say that again, please. I said that always seems to be a tough place to play in Huntington.
2: It is, and and now this and, one and, won't be. And this will be wanna, even more you, difficult, right? Well, they, they, add, 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 you know, you, you always talk about, we always, you know, we in broadcasting always think of, or in the media always, you know, think about the intangibles and, and, and all of that. And a huge intangible this weekend at Marshall will be that Mm. this will be the 50th anniversary, uh, memorial game of the plane crash. And, uh, and so, this will be either the second or third time that Middle has gone to Huntington uh, on the remembrance game of of the victims of that plane crash, and uh, and so. But this year, obviously, fifty is a is a very big round number where they will celebrate that group and uh, and remember them. And it's a very emotional weekend. Like I said, we've been there a couple of times. And uh, it it is a very emotional uh, situation on the Marshall campus. Now, the thing is they can't put – they can't sell it out like they have normally done on those weekends due to COVID protocols. But they have – I haven't even seen what their actual percentages they're allowing in. But but they have, you know, sold every ticket that they've been allowed to sell so far because, you know, this is a – a really a really good team and they're they've got an outstanding uh young quarterback who is uh, a a redshirt freshman and he has been just anything nothing short of of uh fantastic his name is grant wells he is 6'2 210 and from right. nearby charleston west virginia and he uh he he's just been lighting people up he's a dual threat guy uh and 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 he he's he's going to be he's been hard for everybody to deal with so far.
1: You know, you say that this will be the third time that y'all have been up there for a um, one of the observances of this occasion. Safe to say that y'all are over two.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think. The last time we went up there was Brent Stockstill's senior year and we won at was Marshall that the, was that was that
1: the Thursday night game or the Friday night game that was on ESPN and he hit um Tavares Jefferson late?
2: was that, um, that game no nah, no that was that was it that was in Murfreesboro when okay. he hit Tavares to win this was a, i think this was a Saturday night game okay uh and 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 middle handled them pretty well that year but uh so I, it it was it was not 2 years ago but it was Either four or six years ago, or maybe both. Okay. That uh when, because uh, I know we played a night game in November up there before. This one's going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on Saturday.
1: She'll be a little warmer.
2: Uh, that's that's the hope because <laughs> I have been about as cold as I have ever been at a ball game in Huntington on a time to- a time or two. Oh God, I
1: can imagine. Yeah. Hey, we're speaking with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Chip is brought to us by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. You can find Blake's Facebook page or his Instagram page, or you can reach out to him at 615-305-4539. Give Blake a call. Be happy to help you out. Um, So, Chip, what did you wind up doing this weekend with a sudden open Saturday?
2: Well, you know, the weather was fantastic, and uh, when I got the word, uh, and I went home, after I went home that uh, uh, afternoon, I looked in freezer, and lo and behold, I had made some, I had fixed some ribs on the smoker about a month or two ago, and I'd taken spare ribs and cut them down to St. Louis style, and I had all the riblets left over, uh, and they had been frozen. So, I thawed them out and they went on the smoker on uh, Saturday, watched, watched some football and, uh, and, uh, had some good barbecue on, uh, by the time Saturday night rolled around. So that was, that got in some, got in a couple of good walks, uh, you know, got some steps in. So, uh, also showed some houses, uh. Put a contract in uh, or put an offer in on one. Still waiting to find out whether that uh, whether that one's uh, going to get accepted this morning. And so keep your fingers crossed on that one.
1: Hashtag choose chip. There we go. That's right. We-
2: hashtag. That's a good <laughs> hashtag. <so.
1: laughs> hey,
0: um,
2: so- I was
0: trying to look to see what Marshall's percentage is, and I – it just says limited oh, on their website, but you can buy tickets for uh, anywhere from thirty to forty dollars. So there's
1: that. So Chip, um, as well as football, this is this is that time of year when there's a lot of overlap going on with with the with football winding down and basketball cranking up. What's happening with the Raiders and the Lady Raiders these days?
2: Well you know normally uh you're you're exactly correct uh that we as I was looking in my calendar and and uh I actually had uh the the men had an, had an exhibition scheduled for tomorrow night against uh, uh or actually not an exhibition it was a regular season game against covenant uh college mm-hmm. they typically will open with a non d1 uh and and uh and so the NCAA when they pushed the 10th was the opening date for college basketball men and women and the women obviously had had uh, some games in there as well but that date has been moved to the 25th so there will be less overlap this year than we have ever had uh really one week unless you do play football after you know in those first two weeks of December uh then you have some overlap there, but really it's uh, it's just that Thanksgiving week, and and uh, it, they you know they 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 moved the opening date to the 25th, which is which is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, everybody was kind of hoping that the uh, the NCAA was going to say, okay, you can open on the 23rd because there were a ton of these multi-team event tournaments mm-hmm. that were scheduled to play on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, right before Thanksgiving, including the Gulf Coast showcase, which, uh, middle is part of, uh, you know, what they have now done with that is they have pushed it to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and will play, uh, and, and so middle will open against Akron, uh, at uh, one o'clock central time on Wednesday afternoon, uh, will play either Abilene Christian or East Tennessee in the second round. And in the third round, it will be a game from the other half of the bracket, which includes Austin P Omaha, Indiana state and East Carolina. Uh, so, I mean, this, this, this event, uh, about half of the field that's in it right now was not in it originally, so mm. it has kind of fallen apart and put back been put back together. As have many of these events across the country, uh, and interestingly enough, some of the some of the uh, some of the uh, tournaments that have these great destinations this year have have, have moved and come on the mainland. And Middles <laughs> playing in both of them, uh, like the the one in Hawaii is now going to be played in sioux Falls, south dakota a little bit of difference (laughs) in weather and also uh, i think the uh the battle for atlantis is going to be played this year in um in Asheville, north carolina if i'm correct so uh so it's interesting that those have been brought on and all of these have been massaged uh, as far as the field is concerned and and uh, Middle it was original is was is one of the originals in this Gulf Coast showcase. Now on the women's side, uh that opening weekend, uh very exciting uh at Murphy Center, and that is on Wednesday night, the twenty fifth, uh the Lady Raiders will host Louisville. So you've got a top ten team uh potentially with the polls come out coming in on that Wednesday night uh, prior to Thanksgiving. And Middle and Louisville have had a long-standing uh, uh, series going on uh, because of the because of schedules being shortened a little bit this year. Middle will not be playing Kentucky; they're going to that'll that'll be put off. But here's the other really uh, uh, eye, eyebrow raiser on the schedule, uh, and that will be the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday afternoon the uh, Lady Raiders will be hosting Vanderbilt. It'll be the first time in about 25 years that Vandy has played in Murfreesboro. And uh, so there's a lot of excitement, uh, obviously, for that. Uh, The Lady Raiders will play 15 of their total of 25 games uh, in Murphy Center this year. The men outside of the trip to the Gulf Coast Showcase will only have one other non conference road game and that will be uh, on December nineteenth at Bellarmine in Louisville. And um, and they will also play Bellarmine back to back on the twenty second. So Coach McDevitt wanted to do that. They had Bellarmine on the schedule who is making the move from Division Two to Division One and they are in the A Sun now. Uh, Coach McDevitt wanted to play do something like that with with bellerman who's a very very well coached team by scotty davenport but he wanted to do that because of what conference usa and now several other conferences uh the sun belt uh, and i saw where i think the A sun is going to this as well instead of your thursday saturday conference weekends you are going to be playing on friday saturday uh you're going to be playing on back-to-back days Uh, in conference USA, there has to be 21 hours between tip times. So that's, that's what we're looking at there. And you'll also be playing the same opponent back to back. Like for instance, the men will open conference USA play on Friday, January 1st at Florida Atlantic, and will come back on Saturday, uh, the second and play at Florida Atlantic. They will come home the following week. And we'll play FIU on Friday night and Saturday afternoon. So that's, uh, you know, I hate, uh, I'm not a fan of playing on Fridays at all, if you can avoid it uh, for you know, a lot of reasons. And, uh, but obviously this is an unusual year and they're wanting to cut down on the time that teams are away from their campus, which, you know, it cuts down the amount of people you come in contact with you're not traveling in the, in the reason playing the same school back to back you're, you're going, you're kind of making your own little bubble for that weekend, wherever the location is. And you're not traveling between schools and, and it, it's keeping you out of airports and, uh, on that travel on that, what you, you would consider that travel day in the middle. So that'll hopefully I'll come back next year, but, uh, the, the schedules for both the men and women have been released and they're both on Raiders dot com And it's, it's going to be a different look to it this year in Murphy center is going to be a conference. USA is allowing 15% capacity, uh, which means in Murphy center, that's 1,725. So that's what attendance will be allowed uh, at least for the time being, unless there's a major change. And, you know, we, there's news coming out, this good news coming out this morning about, Potential vaccines. So you hope that that can continue to move quickly and, and, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully by, you know, we'll see how it all goes. But right mm-hmm. now it's a 15% capacity.
0: All right. 15%. I'm really looking forward to, um, to that. And I guess that Sunday after Thanksgiving, I might have to make a trip over if I can. That sounds like a lot of fun. Vandy and MTSU
4: ladies.
2: Well, it's going to be interesting from a game plan standpoint too, because uh, coaches are going to have to do something they have rarely had to do when you're playing, you know, a, a same opponent back to back. Do you try to sandbag a little bit, or do you just go out and and just you know play it straight up? You know, it'll 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 be very interesting to see how the coaches uh, handle this uh, as far as their preparation and game planning.
0: Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's Monday. Chip Walters always joining us. Chip, thanks again for joining us. And we will be listening for you on Saturday up in 100%. West Virginia.
1: Yep. Chip.
0: All righty then. Chip Walters is brought to you each week by the Law Offices of Blake Kelly, serving the listening area in accident and injury law. Call Blake Kelly at 615-305-4539 or visit his page on Facebook or Instagram. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Casey Patrick of the Dixon Post slash Tennessee Vols Superfan. If you want to get in on that, shoot us a text, give us a call. 615. No, no, no. 931 381 1017. I was like, that's not right. 931 381 1017. Talk Tennessee Vols on the other side of this break with Casey Patrick on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint.
1: Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal.
0: Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Nearly the bottom of the hour, 1029 here. WKOM 1017 FM. I am Chris Yao, joined by Mo Patton. JP Plant on the controls. And typically we would have a lot more football to cover. Uh, It is playoffs, high school playoffs, so we don't have any more high school football to talk about, so... Might as well talk about some in-state college teams. And as much as it pains me to Hmm. talk about the trash can juice that I've seen over the last four and five weeks from uh, Tennessee football, we need to do it. And there are few people who can talk about this with as much passion (laughs) than... The next guy we are bringing in, Casey Patrick is a member of Main Street media's coverage in I, I'm sure they cover high school sports and college sports and uh, over at the Dixon Post. Uh, but also he's the bowling coach at Creekwood High School. And uh, I'm curious to see if that season has has started and how that's going for him as well. But you may have seen him on television during the Gator Bowl last year as his Twitter bio picture, profile picture, depicts him yelling at the Tennessee Volunteers football team, which I'm sure he has done quite a bit this year. Casey, welcome in.
4: Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, I've I've done plenty of yelling so far this year. And, uh, you know, the, the funny thing about that was I caught a lot of slack from people because, you know, they'll, they'll say, of course, there's a grown man yelling at kids. And I wasn't yelling at any of the kids. I was <laughs> yelling at Pruitt because I didn't like what he was doing in that game. I'm not really happy with what he's doing right now. Uh,
0: exactly. I, I, listen, anybody who who knows most most people who are yelling at at college football games are rarely yelling at kids at the, at the 18 to 22 year olds. They're typically yelling at the ones coaching them.
1: I don't know Mm -hmm. when, 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 when JG (laughs) got down there to the goal line against Alabama and whatever that was that he did. No, I was yelling at JG. Well, (laughs) so just, just, just for the record, full disclosure. Most of the time, most of the time, most of the time. At that point, I was yelling at him. But, you know, Casey, so (laughs) since you've spent a lot of time yelling at Coach Pruitt, as many of us have, if you could do one thing, if you could make one suggestion and it be listened to with regards to UT football right now, what would it be?
4: I I honestly think that somebody outside of the program – and, and I don't even care if they know a whole lot about football, but I, I think it needs to be, Pruitt needs to bring in a common sense coach or a common sense person, because uh, I think anybody that has any slight of intelligence about him can tell that the offensive line hasn't played anywhere near, near as well as they should. And, uh, th- these quarterbacks there's there's one of two problems here either either one the quarterbacks have not been <clears throat> developed like they should be which is chris winky and and that's what i personally believe or two the coaches haven't done a good job of recruiting and bringing in the right guys and i don't think that's it i think these guys can play football so I- in my opinion the the real problem is the fact that these guys haven't been developed well and that's on winky so I, I i think somebody needs to come into the program that's willing to tell coach pruitt and say look these guys there needs to be a change here because the, now now cheney hadn't been here as long as some of those other guys but I, I still don't like what cheney's been doing but i mean friend who doesn't really recruit all that well and uh, Will Friend, the offensive line coach, he doesn't recruit all that well. And Chris Winkie, who he probably recruits pretty well, but uh, I, I, I'll trade that for just getting rid of whatever this production is from our quarterbacks. Um, but somebody needs to come in and tell him what he needs to do when he needs to do it, because I think he's too close with all of his buddies, um, and somebody needs to tell him when to kick a field goal when it's a two-score game and you've got in the fourth quarter with eight minutes to go or whatever it was, because that that was just that's coaching malpractice and, and uh, an idiotic move really but, to be to but me, I, I mean to be honest.
0: But I heard that that w- w- was a little sore. I mean, what about those other two field goals? <laughs>
4: No, I, yeah, no, I, I'll (laughs) take, I'll take some Maglia sore over most of the kickers in, in, in the NCAA. I mean, that that, that kid's been almost automatic his entire career. And I know he's got a kind of a shaky start this year, but. Out of everything else on this football team, I'll take that kid. <laughs> I mean, really, I because I, I know what I'm getting. Some of these other guys on the team, they're they're good football players, and I get that. But Samaglia, he's I think he's going to be in the NFL. I think he's a pro. He's got that kind of leg, and he's also got fire. He's got he shows more fire on the field than a lot of the other kids do. Here,
0: here's one question I want to ask you, uh, Casey: Have you ever seen anyone else from Brentwood, Tennessee, have a Tattoo sleeve like okay, his. Okay,
1: first of all, he ain't from Brentwood. Well, he went to Page.
0: Then that makes a difference.
1: Well, well now, now, having said that, College Grove, ha- I can see it. Have Have you driven out Arno Road recently? Yeah, it, it's a lot. It's It's Brentwood ish <laughs> these days. But yeah, but yeah, for the record, Brent went to Page. They They announced him from Nashville. At some point during the game the other night, and I about came off the couch. It's <laughs> not from Nashville. I mean,
0: everyone's from. Have you not seen those? Those. <laughs> I'm from such and such. It's by such and such. Okay, I'm from Nashville, and Tim McGraw's my dad. Okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> no. Enough people have heard for, have heard of Franklin these days. Uh. It's, it's okay to be from Franklin. You can be proud of that, and I'm sure Brent is. But um, so he needs a common sense coach. Um. Casey, how how outlandish is the thought that maybe T. Martin could coach quarterbacks? <laughs> Who
4: I don't. I, I don't think that's outlandish at all. Um, I I think I think the kid. I, I call him a kid. T's probably a little bit older than I am. <laughs> but I think I think T. I think T knows as just about as much as quarterbacking as anybody else that may be in Knoxville right now. Uh, so I mean it, it, w- it wouldn't bother me a bit plus like I said I mean anybody with a brain right now is an upgrade over Winky in my opinion I, I really I, I can't I can't stand to watch hey, what do you have to lose at this point because I, I get that COVID's been a big deal this year and, and I understand why that may affect a lot of things but even before that uh, JG didn't show a lot of advancement through through anybody and I know he's been through a lot of different coaches but I mean his best years were two, three years ago. It's it's crazy that that right now, I mean, it just seems to digress. Yeah. And and when it, it, the really frustrating part is when he does get fairly decent blocking and, you know, Hyatt kind of breaks, he t- takes that wheel route, and, and Garantano can throw a pretty ball. We know that. It, like the pretty deep ball, he can throw that all day long. But the issue is, it's it's the like the seven yard pass over the middle that goes a hundred miles an hour out of his hand, and it usually hits a linebacker in the helmet, and and it's it's just he's missing the stuff, he's missing layups while he's trying to shoot three pointers, and and it's uh it's just hard to watch, and and I don't think it's outlandish at all that T Martin could come in, and uh I mean. Would he be an upgrade? I don't know, but what's a downgrade at this point? What do you have to lose at this point? Because Winky hasn't done much is, at all.
0: I mean, we know we know Jarrett Garantano is what Jarrett Garantano. We he is who we we're, thought he was. Okay, we're yep. we're we're there. We know that. But outside of that, is it really our quarterbacks or our offensive lines' fault when everybody on Twitter can tell you? What the next two plays are going to be before any—I mean, if, if we can—if we can predict it on Twitter, SEC defensive coaches can predict it. Is the real problem not Jim Cheney? Is that not the root issue here?
4: I well, for me, I don't know if it's—I don't know if there is a root issue. I think it's just a bunch of issues that I mean they're all bad, and and I think Cheney should be thrown in on that as well because, uh, like you said, I mean, yeah, it's. Run left, run right, incomplete pass, punt, and it's which old school Tennessee football used to do that a bunch too. But then again, you know the offensive line was much better. Uh, I'm not gonna say the running backs were better because I like Eric Gray and both and I of those
0: running backs are great. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. But I I think uh, the the thing the thing for me with Cheney is. I, sometimes it just doesn't make sense, it, and it's and it's the the running. I, I know he's scared to death to throw the ball with Garantano. He's got to be because the you know the the draw plays against Georgia on third and seven in, in like two or three straight drives and stuff like that. I mean it's just I don't know. At, at some point, somebody has to make a decision that we're going to try to we Tennessee's going to try to win football games. And, and you're not going to win football games. Like I tweeted this against Alabama when Pruitt kicked that field goal down 14, uh, nothing, early in the game, I said, he he's kicking that field goal. So he don't get shut out. And, and it, it had nothing to do with winning the football game. And I do think, I do think that Cheney is kind of outdated. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, I, I'm tired of lining up in shotgun, um, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody get underneath center and turn around and hand the ball off. But I I, I don't know if it's a root problem, but I, I think it's – man, it's – they need well, to do something. If
0: you're, if you're coaching to Jim Chaney's style, then I think that's – you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you're saying, okay, well, if this is what we're going to do on offense, I have to coach them a certain way. I have to develop them a certain way, these players. So perhaps – a different offensive style, a more modern offensive style, or a a more old school offensive style. I don't know. My my point is that at some point your your underling coaching, your position coaches, are coaching to a certain style. And if, yep. if that's the style, maybe that's not what they're, you know. Chris Winkie and T. Martin probably aren't aren't wanting to coach to Jim Chaney's offensive style. So that's just my issue with it. I just feel like, you know, Tennessee's in a position where, you know, we have four and five-star offensive linemen across the board. We've got Eric Gray and Ty Chandler in the backfield who are fantastic. We've got a couple of wide receivers who can – who are game breakers and can go the distance at any point, and we have four quarterbacks on the sideline and none of them can throw a pass? None
1: of them? That doesn't make any sense to me.
4: No, and, it doesn't. And
1: I've always said if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose young. And you know, I'm going to get something out of it. Why Harrison Bailey isn't in there at this point is beyond me. Brian Maurer was awful yesterday. Awful. And the day before
0: as well. I mean, just um, you're right. Yeah, Saturday he was he was terrible. Saturday, absolutely awful. And you know, you bring in Harrison Bailey and you run it three times.
4: Yeah, that was that that was my problem. Is is when we when Tennessee did bring in a different quarterback, uh, especially even when Maurer got out there the first time, it was it was yep. handoff, 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 and it's it's like you know. Why does it matter who the quarterback is? At this point, the quarterback could be Ray Charles, but if you're going to hand the ball off up the middle, it it, it doesn't really make a difference. And then, you know, you come to find out that Garantano had the head injury, so that's why he come out. But um, at at the beginning of the season, I could understand why Harrison wasn't just immediately thrown into the fire because he did miss a lot of time. But now, you know, Pruitt's actually admitted that he hadn't been getting a whole lot of reps in practice, and it's like if the kid's healthy – and he's got a four- or five-star arm, he should be getting every opportunity to throw the ball because Garantano has not looked like an SEC quarterback that can consistently win you games. And it, it's almost like a sinking ship, and Pruitt's just okay with, you know, going down with it. And, and it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's like, why wouldn't you try something different? Because you're not, you're not beating the teams that we want to beat. Uh, you know you're not beating florida you're not beating alabama you're not beating georgia and then we're actually like you lost to vanderbilt your first year it took everything you had to beat kentucky last year you got smoked by kentucky this year figure out something you got to do something different because this current uh, whatever you've got going on is not getting it done
1: and i i think if you were at least getting some young guys some run and getting trying. You could spend this as we're getting ready for 2021. And I think maybe folks would accept that. But if you're mm-hmm. actually trying to win ball games in 2020 and you continue to tell me that Jared Grantano is my best chance to do that, then you're going to get the uprising that you're getting right now.
4: Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't really, I don't really know if Harrison Bailey doesn't at this point give you a better chance to win than Jared does because he, he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, that's fine. But I think him learning and giving us, uh, giving Tennessee the best chance to win are, are one and the same right now. That's because right. Because I, I don't, I don't really think that Jared Garantano is is going to go out there and do anything to help you beat any of these teams.
0: Well. Will Rab says fix the quarterback for twenty twenty one and beyond. <coughs> which is what we're exactly what we're saying. That's that's number one. Fix the quarterback. Find a new quarterback. There you go.
4: Casey oh, yeah, th- and, and go But ahead. if they brought if they brought Harrison Bailey in at least for a moment uh, it, it might be like watching Tyler Bray. I mean, he's just going to sling the ball around. He's going to throw some interceptions. But guess what? I get to watch some fun football instead of <laughs> you know running the ball 85% of the time when they've got eight guys in the box and, and we're losing by three touchdowns to everybody else in the SEC. So you know, don't, uh, don't, I, don't, I'm down to watch.
1: Don't talk to me about interceptions when I sat and watched Garantano throw two pick-sixes yeah. against Kentucky.
4: And, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
1: And Tyler Bray is a backup quarterback in the NFL. Didn't th- yesterday? Isn't that something yep. that Tyler Bray is <laughs> still on an NFL roster? Who'd have thought?
0: <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, that was fun. Casey, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. I I, I feel your frustration, and uh, you know, the trash can juice is is all over Knoxville. <laughs> it's it's just it's spread everywhere.
1: But hopefully, we, hopefully, there's a barrier between Neyland Stadium and the river, so that it's not contaminated. Getting to the river, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I don't know. I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't mind it going uh, going south to uh, Tuscaloosa to, to, and well,
1: to, into into Georgia. They want our water so bad, <laughs> right? Yeah. They want they want the Tennessee River.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's What they say get anyway. T- <laughs> All right. Well, Casey, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We appreciate you.
4: Hey, no problem. I, I will say our bowling season did start. It did. Our boys and girls are both currently one and zero. We've had some good wins, but uh, COVID is is starting to become an issue. We've got some contact tracing, so. Uh, but yeah, we, we started and, and we're good and we're up and going. We're, we're, I think we're going to run back to state this year if we get to bowl.
1: Well, keep yourself safe, man. And thank those, y'all very those much. Those youngsters.
4: Absolutely, for sure, absolutely.
0: That's Casey Patrick, at CVP51 on Twitter. Make sure to follow him. He's got some awesome takes. When we come back, we're going to talk Titans as they get a big win on Sunday against the Bears 24 We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Welcome back in. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 10 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour here on WKOM 1017 FM. We appreciate you guys listening. If you missed any part of the show, make sure to find it on Spotify, Apple podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, SM TN Sports Today. You can find it again anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can listen to the first hour where we talk high school sports. The second hour, we'll be we talking to Chip Walters or Casey Patrick and, of course, this segment here. So, we'll be exciting uh, to get going for the week. Matter of fact, we need to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow, we will be coming to you from Winchester, Tennessee, where we will broadcast from the District 8 AAA Basketball Media Day held down in, uh, in Franklin County.
1: Yeah, this is um, a nice little something that um, the late Dennis Weaver initiated last year. They had the first event over in Lincoln County, and following his pass passing, um, Will Grab with WCDT kind of took the mantle of putting this together, and all of the um, boys and girls coaches from District 8, AAA will be on hand, including Nick Campbell and Joshua Bug from Columbia Central, and we'll um, be getting their thoughts. They will each make presentations. I'm not sure what the setup is going to be at the livery in Winchester, but our hope is that we can, you know, kind of catch some of these coaches for some one-on-ones on on air and that kind of thing, but um, they will come up with preseason all-district teams and Predicted orders of finish and that kind of thing, and I think it starts about nine thirty. So we will be on air at nine as per usual, and and we'll catch up with some folks from District Eight AAA because it's it's about basketball time. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Um, before we get out of here, got about eight minutes to the top of the hour. We want to talk about the Tennessee Titans who got a twenty four to seventeen win over the Bears yesterday. Uh, and twenty four seventeen, it wasn't that close, um, at all. It was twenty four to three before the Bears. One, uh, the first touchdown may be legitimate. The second one, uh, that last drive of the game was aided by a couple of one one unnecessary roughness penalty that I'll agree with. The second one, not so much. Uh,
1: you weren't the only one that didn't agree with it. <laughs> Mike I, Keith I, was not happy. I, Dave McGinnis was not happy at all. And I mean, I think if he could have gotten to the field, he would have. But yeah, um, interesting call. But when they when they made that drive and they got sixty yards of that drive off, I'm sorry, thirty yards of that drive off a of penalty yardage, you know, it kind of discounts a little bit of that. But I think. When all is said and done, the Titans were just glad to get a win and um
0: That's all that matters in the NFL.
1: And particularly a win that was somewhat sparked by the defense. I mean That's right. we we had we had talked about this defense and its inability to get off the field on third down. Um I think they um they had three three and outs. They only um in the first half. And did not allow a third down conversion in the first half. So those were two of the things that you were looking for some improvement on from this defense. And even without Jadavian Clowney, who who had the knee situation, you know, you you made the moves earlier in the week with the the Jonathan Jonathan Joseph release and the vic beasley release and funny how you know addition by subtraction i guess maybe
0: addition by subtraction and addition that's what you, you know yeah
1: i mean you bring in desmond king and all he does is get a scoop and score
0: yep and as everyone on twitter mentioned <laughs> Desmond <laughs> king has more touchdowns than practices uh, with the titans so that's pretty interesting um
1: Maybe that's why he was so successful.
0: See, I'm telling you, when we don't practice, <laughs> the Titans play good, well. Good things
1: happen, yeah. We talk in practice.
0: There's no need for practice. Are you kidding me? We're professional athletes. Zoom will work. Um, <laughs> just learn the terminology, right?
1: Hey, big game for Jeff Simmons.
0: Jeffrey Simmons had a heck of a football game.
1: Had a forced fumble, had a fumble recovery, and it's like Mike Keith was saying during the game last yesterday. When the ball's on the ground, that guy has a way of being around it. Or oftentimes causing it, I guess. so. I don't remember
0: exactly what was said, but Sarah almost got put out on the side of the road on Old Hickory Boulevard because she made fun of Mike Keith. <laughs> she said... Hey, Good for you. There was... A, exactly, right? Good for you. There you go. I said, no, ma'am. There will be no <laughs> Mike Keith slander in this car. This
1: vehicle will have none of it. Who was driving? I was driving. Oh, okay. Was. Just making sure you weren't gonna put her out of her car. <laughs> it was her car. But you were but driving. But I was driving. Okay. Right.
0: Um, yeah, so no Mike Keith slander in, in the Yowl no. vehicles or household. Um Yeah, it was it was it was a it was a really bad dad joke of some sort. I don't remember exactly what it was, but <laughs> it, yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. But, yeah, I, I, this was a, a game that, that the Titans really needed to win, yeah. and they got the win, and really, you know, without a lot of, uh, pro, you know, production out of Derrick Henry. Right. So this is, you know, getting – being able to win on, on your defense and really at, at one point, um, Tannehill had like two – completions and both of them were you know one of them was to aj brown deep on, on the right sideline and then you know three or four drops it was like he was like two of seven or two of eight at one point with three drops
1: i think he was two of nine yeah i mean yeah. it was crazy he didn't look very good early on before i had to leave the house but um you know again to be able to get a, get a win under those conditions. And especially with a Thursday night game, you know, with a short week coming up yep. before they play the Colts here, who
0: was th- all who were awful on Sunday, by the way,
1: terrible. You know, any time that any Philip Rivers team loses is, is not a, a, a bad good day. day. Yeah,
0: that's always a good day. Yeah. So. <sighs> Thursday will hopefully be a good day. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I I'm really looking forward to Thursday because this is a big game for the Titans. As far as the division is concerned, a win there puts them two games up on the Colts. Sure. Uh, they were tied with them last week, of course. Uh, so, uh, getting that win is is almost vital for the Titans on Sunday. So, really excited. Like I said, um, this is this is a, a a team that is trending better than they had been, and I think it only gets better from here.
1: You know, and so I, I long th- as
0: that defensive line is able to uh, to continue their success, I
1: think if someone had said, "Hey, you're going to be six and two at the halfway mark," I think most folks would have been okay with that, no
0: matter how you got there. Yeah, so I agree. You know, I mean, here here's the thing about that is, you know, not only are you six and two, but you are now you understood that your that your five and two wasn't that great. How do we get better from here? Mm-hmm. So they're moving in a in a positive direction, trying to find the right combination throughout this team to make sure they get into the playoffs and beyond, because I, I, I really believe this team has a Super Bowl shot.
1: And you get, what you got to be aware of with this team now is with the COVID situation they have with the Steelers, they don't have another bye week. That's right. So They're playing the next eight weeks.
0: we got to play. Yeah, eight weeks through. All right. It is just about 11 o'clock here on WKOM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We appreciate you guys listening. We have, uh, again, you can find the podcast if you need to. And if you missed any of today's show, find it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be live tomorrow from Winchester, Tennessee at the D- District 8 AAA Media Day. I'm Chris Yao from Opat and JP Plant. Stay cool, Columbia.